Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et messieurs, merci d'avoir patienté et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique concernant les résultats du premier trimestre de l'exercice 2021 de TC Transcontinental. Pendant la conférence, tous les participants seront en mode d'écoute seulement. Une période de questions suivra la présentation et des directives vous seront données à ce moment. Vous nous, désirons, nous désirons vous rappeler que cette conférence est enregistrée aujourd'hui, le 25 février 2021. Welcome to the TC Transcontinental First Quarter of Fiscal 2021 Results Conference Call. During the presentation, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. Afterwards, we will conduct the question and answer session and instructions will be provided at that time. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded today, February 25th, 2021. I would like to turn the conference over to Yann Lapointe, Director Investor Relations. J'aimerais maintenant céder la parole à Yann Lapointe, Directeur Relations avec les Investisseurs. Monsieur Lapointe, please go ahead. Thank you, Gabriel, and good afternoon, everyone. I hope you and your family are healthy and staying safe. Welcome to TC Transcontinental's first quarter 2021 results conference call. Before we begin, I'd like to highlight that we have provided a slide presentation to help guide our discussion today. The presentation, along with the press release and the MDNA, with complete financial statements and related notes, that were issued earlier today are all available on our website at tc.tc under Investor Relations section. A replay of this conference call will also be available on our website after the call. We have with us today our President and Chief Executive Officer, François Olivier, and our Chief Financial Officer, Donald Le Cavalier. Before I turn the call over to management, I would like to specify that this conference call is intended for the financial community. Media are in listen-only mode and should contact Nathalie Saint-Jean, Senior Advisor, Corporate Communications, for more information or interview requests. Please be reminded that some of the financial measures discussed over the course of this conference call are non-IFRS. You can refer to the MDNA for a complete definition and reconciliation of such measures to IFRS. In addition, this conference call might also contain forward-looking statements. These statements are based on the current expectations of management and information available as of today, and they involve numerous risks and uncertainties, known and unknown. The risks, uncertainties, and other factors that could influence actual results are described in the fiscal 2020 annual MDNA and in the latest annual information form. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to our president and CEO, François Olivier. Thank you, Jan, and good afternoon, everyone. We had a strong start of our 2021 fiscal year as we delivered a very good first quarter with a strong performance across all of our businesses. I'm very proud of the resilience and agility that our team demonstrated again this quarter as we navigate through the second wave of the pandemic. On slide four, you can see a recap of our performance for the quarter. In packaging, we generated solid organic growth, both in revenues and EBITDA, 
despite the impact of higher resin price on profitability. At the same time, we continue to progress on our commitment towards delivering more sustainable packaging. I will come back to this key topic in a minute. In print, we continue to control our costs and protect our profitability, despite the continued pandemic restrictions impacting some of our clients. Our ability to reduce fixed costs provides good operating leverage when volume will start picking up again. In parallel, we continue to look at new business and verticals with growth potential that now represent more than 25% of our print portfolio. On a consolidated level, we continue to generate strong free cash flow that we use to deliver our balance sheet. This solid financial position provides us with the flexibility to invest in our growth, either organically or through acquisitions. Our media sector also had an excellent start to the year with a strong revenue and EBITDA growth. Moving now to slide number five, our integrated approach to sustainability is a key competitive advantage that helps to differentiate us from our competitors. We are in a good position today and we will continue to invest to ensure we remain ahead and agile in terms of innovation and product development. In terms of recent achievements, our BPI certified 100% industrial compostable lid and bag for Maxwell House Canada Coffee Pods recently won best in class sustainable package innovation at the 2021 PAC Global Leadership Awards. This is another example of our leadership and know-how in creating sustainable compostable films. At the corporate level, we were recently recognized as a global leader in two prestigious rankings. First, we ranked it among Corporate Snide Global 100 Most Sustainable Corporations. Over the last decade, we have ranked in Corporate Night's top Canadian companies. However, this is the first time we appear in the Worldwide Global 100. In addition, for a second year in a row, we are highlighted in the Sustain Analytics Global 50 top-rated companies show Casing our commitment towards sustainability and our low ESG risk. Let me now come back to the performance of each sector for the first quarter. We were very pleased with our packaging results, especially in terms of our organic revenues growth, which was at around 5%, excluding the risen price increase. In addition to sustained demand from existing customers, we saw growth derived from investments in product R&D and from the ramp up of new business won over the last two years. Our balanced portfolio of products has enabled us to perform well during the pandemic and we expect to continue growing as the economy recovers. In terms of profitability, as I mentioned last quarter, risen price increases had a significant impact on the quarter about 150 basis point negative. Donald will go into more details on the resin price impact in his remarks. In addition, we achieved these very solid results despite the sale of our paper packaging business in January last year. 
taking into consideration these two major impacts, which totaled close to $10 million on profitability, we still recorded higher EBITDA on a year-over-year basis, thanks to operational efficiencies and a favorable mix and the 5% organic growth. This is a significant achievement. Organically, EBITDA grew more than 12% for a second quarter in a row, despite the temporary negative impact of resin price increases. Our print sector also had a solid quarter, continuing to demonstrate its resilience. Despite the second wave of the pandemic, volumes were between 80 to 85% of pre-pandemic levels, in line with what we said three months ago. We also further optimize our platform by reducing overall costs to position as well for an eventual recovery. Our discipline allowed our print sector to continue generating good margins and free cash flow. We continue to expect a solid second half of the year with an anticipated gradual lifting of government restrictions on retail. Finally, our media sector also had an excellent quarter building from the momentum gain in 2020. In conclusion, I want to leave you with a few messages. First, in the context of the second wave of the pandemic, all of our three sectors performed well. Second, in our packaging sector, we gained new business and introduced new products, and that will continue to fuel organic growth for the balance of this fiscal year. Third, our print sector is well positioned for a reopening of the economy and should benefit from easier comps in the second half of the fiscal year. Our media sector is again heading from another for another very strong year. Finally, regardless of the context, we expect to continue to generate strong and predictable cash flows providing us the flexibility to invest, to grow organically, and through acquisitions in all three sectors. With that, I will turn it over to Donald. Thank you, Francois, and good afternoon. I will start by looking at consolidated numbers on slide six. A key highlight of the quarter was the $21.1 million of organic revenue growth in packaging representing a significant increase versus last year. While the risen prices contributed, this growth was mostly due to higher volumes. In fact, excluding the impact of risen price and the disposal of paper packaging business, organic growth was at around 5% in the quarter. As expected, on the flip side, consolidated revenues in the quarter continued to be impacted by COVID-19 in our printing operations and by the sale of the paper packaging business in January 2020. Consolidated adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was down 3% versus last year. On a relative basis, this is a solid performance in a context where our printing revenues were down 16% over the same period due to the pandemic. Moreover, our packaging and media sectors both grew adjusted EBITDA by more than 10% for the quarter. I'll provide more details on profitability improvement in the sector review. 
Interest expenses declined as we have reimbursed about $450 million of debt in the last four quarters. We also benefited from lower interest rates. Tax rate was at 24%, slightly lower than last year, in line with our guidance. This led to adjusted net earnings of $0.50 per share for the quarter compared to $0.49 last year. Now moving to slide 7. Our packaging sector posted another excellent quarter. While revenues were lower than last year due to the sale of the paper packaging operations and, to a lesser extent, the stronger Canadian dollar, we generated very strong organic growth across, across most of our segments. Most of the growth came from higher volume with a small lift from higher risen prices. As Francois mentioned, this organic growth includes strong continued demand from existing business, but also from new products and new business wins. Excluding the risen price increase, organic growth was around 5%. Moving to profitability, adjusted EBITDA grew organically by 12.8% in the quarter. This is an exceptional performance considering the temporary lag effect of passing through risen price increases to our customers. Adjusted EBITDA margin was at 14.8% for the quarter, or above 16%, excluding the lag impact of the risen pass-through. Profitability improvement was mainly driven by efficiency gains and improved mix. Growing adjusted EBITDA by 2.4 million was a strong performance, especially considering the sale of the paper packaging operation and the negative impact of risen price. On slide eight, you can see that our printing sector also had a very solid quarter given the pandemic context. Revenues were down 17.8% organically in line with what we said in December. Despite the additional restrictions during the second wave of the pandemic, volume stabilized between 80 to 80%, 85% of the pre-pandemic levels. We were also successful in further re reducing our fixed costs and aligning our cost structures with, with volumes. And while we remain prudent regarding the timing of the recovery, we believe we are well positioned for a gradual pickup in printing volume. Looking at profitability, the significant reduction in our cost structure and the amounts received from the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program helped to offset the printing revenue decline from the pandemic. Accordingly, the printing sector recorded an adjusted EBITDA of $61.1 million compared to 65.9 last year. Excluding the subsidy, we delivered an adjusted EBITDA margin of 19.1% in line with our objectives. Armenia business also had an excellent start of the year with strong revenue and EBITDA growth. Corporate expenses were lower than last year However, stock-based compensation increased by $3.5 million due in part to the recent increase in our share price. Turning to cash flow from operating activities, we had a good quarter, 
with an improvement of 21 million versus last year. We used our liquidity at the beginning of the quarter to repay $83 million of debt. As most of our debt is in US dollars, the stronger Canadian dollar contributed to decreasing the debt by an additional $25 million. In light in line with our growth aspirations, we continue to invest in CapEx with $31.7 million in the quarter. We also distributed $19.6 million in dividends. In light of the uncertainty regarding the evolution of the pandemic, the board decided to maintain the dividend at $0.90 cents per share. On slide 9, the reduction in our long-term debt contributed to lowering our net debt ratio to 1.8 times compared to 2.3 times one year ago. Excluding the impact of IFRS 16, the ratio will be close to 1.5 times. Our efforts to deliverage the balance sheet were recently recognized by Standard & Poor's as they remove the negative outlook and affirm our investment grade rating. Furthermore, at the end of the quarter, we had a total of $610 million of available liquidity. This strong financial position and our ability to generate stable, solid cash flow provide us with flexibility to capture future growth opportunities. As for our outlook, in packaging, with recent risen price increases, we will continue to be diligent in managing the pass-through to our customers. However, because of the lag between the increase from our supplier to the pass-through to our customers, we expect a negative impact in the next two quarters. Once the lag effect is over, higher risen price will increase revenues but with no significant impact on EBITDA dollar amount, therefore only negatively impacting margin percentages. The stronger Canadian dollar will also be a headwind, especially for the next two quarters. You may recall that the US dollar was around 1.40 in spring last year, compared to about 1.25 today. The negative impact is mainly on the conversion of our U.S. results back into Kenyan dollars. In terms of revenues, we expect solid organic growth for the year, raising our outlook to between 2 and 3%, excluding the impact of the risen price. In print, we continue to expect volumes to recover in the second half of 2021 as we begin comparing to last year when we faced the pandemic headwinds starting in April. In terms of profitability, excluding the impact of the Canadian Wage Subsidy Program, we also expect adjusted EBITDA to grow for the second half of fiscal 2021. Corporate costs at the EBITDA level should be slightly above $30 million for the year. In terms of use of cash for the year, in addition to continue looking for potential acquisitions, we're also looking at accelerating our organic growth through CapEx. To that end, depending on the timing of potential key investments, we may exceed our $100 million of planned CapEx for 2021. As for cash tax, you can continue to assume around $50 million, $50 million for the year. On that note, 
We will now proceed with the question period. Merci. Mesdames et messieurs, nous allons maintenant procéder à la période de questions et réponses. Si vous avez une question, désolé. Si vous avez une question, veuillez appuyer sur les touches étoiles suivies du 1 sur votre téléphone à clavier. Une tonalité se fera entendre confirmant votre demande. Les questions seront prises dans l'ordre qu'elles auront été acheminées. Veuillez également vous assurer de décrocher le récepteur de votre appareil téléphonique si vous utilisez la fonction main libre avant d'appuyer sur les touches. Un moment, s'il vous plaît, pour votre première question. Thank you. One moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now conduct the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. Your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Please ensure you lift the handset if you are using speakerphone before pressing any keys. One moment, please. Your first question will come from the line of Adam Shine of National Bank Financial. Votre première question vient de Adam Shine, National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Good afternoon. Uh, maybe a couple for you, Francois, and then one for uh, for you, Donald. Um, Francois, maybe you can talk to some of the early Q2 trends. Um, you know, as we slowly come out of uh, some of the recent uh, additional government. Uh, restrictions. Uh, additionally, in the context of new product and uh, I guess new product introductions and some new contract wins on packaging, you might not necessarily want to get too specific, but uh, you know, if you can be a little more specific, I'll, I'll take wherever, whatever I can get on both fronts, but also maybe in a more general way where some of these uh, new things are coming in from a vertical uh, consideration within packaging. And then just for you, Donnell, just in the context of uh, the lift in stock-based comp, um, I thought we were all under the impression that, uh, you know, this was largely being hedged out. So maybe just elaborate uh, on that front a little bit. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, in terms of the Q2 trend, um, I think I start in packaging. I think uh, we see uh, much of the same. Uh, obviously, Q1 was our easiest uh, comp uh, of the year. Uh, you know, but uh, what have uh, sustained the organic growth uh, in Q1 are, are going to be uh, present in Q2, uh, and then it even might accelerate a little bit in uh, in Q3 in in Q4 if some of the business we want, um, you know, uh, transition uh, at the speed it's supposed to transition. So from that standpoint, uh, I think we're, uh, we're in line to meet our objective or two to 3% organic growth, uh, you know, maybe now, maybe a little bit closer to the tree than the two at this stage. Uh, having said that, uh, you're going to have, you guys are going to have to work with, with Jan because, uh, There'll be a lot of moving parts uh, because the exchange rate, when, like when we look at that in U.S. dollar, the story is, is going to be pretty easy. But when we're going to translate that back to Canadian dollar with where the exchange is going, it, it's going to be a significant uh, decrease of uh, revenue uh, in Canadian dollar. And then you have the increase of the resin uh, that is uh, continue to be uh, frequent and significant. So that would increase uh, revenue and have a momentary uh, negative impact on uh, on profitability, like mentioned, Donal mentioned. Yeah. So uh, this is what I see for packaging, uh, in a sense, much, much of the same, uh, but with tougher comps. For, for print, I think Q2, uh, you know, we think that we have a slight chance of, of do a little bit better than last year if, uh, if April uh, 
is not is there's no more reconfinement here in Canada. Uh, if if things stays open the way they are, we we believe that that we could do slightly better uh, in April, obviously, and uh, in February and March we'll do worse because we're in a pandemic world compared to a regular world last year. But April being a very big month for us, the second biggest uh, of, of print. Uh, we believe that we could be uh, in the zone of last year or even a little bit better. Um, and then, obviously, Q3 and Q4, uh, we're looking to do better, uh, both from a sales standpoint and a profitability standpoint, uh, and not considering the uh, the uh, sub- subsidies from the government. So these are the, the trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of new products, um, they are around... They're all, all of our innovation, for the most part, is around sustainability. I think we share with, uh, with you, Adam, the new product we introduced in Latin America for, uh, for banana. It's, it's been very successful, very well received. Uh, so certainly having a lot of uh, growth uh, because this product is, uh, is, 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 is uh, you know, used by a lot of customers, uh, former customers and new customers. And a lot of our other new product is all around sustainability, about compostable PCR content or, or fully recyclable package that that help us uh, with uh, with our existing customer. Uh, but but once we prove that with existing customer, we'll, a lot of new customer wanna wanna try these things. And these are the three main sector or area where we're gaining. Um, but our customers are, are busy and we're gaining new customers. Obviously, I mentioned LATAM and uh, I would say consumer and pet uh, and, and meat and cheese are, are areas where we're also, um, you know, uh, you know, having uh, some success with organic growth at the moment. Okay. Thank you. And, and, uh, and for your question, Adam, on the stock-based impact, over 3.5 million is about half of it that, is linked to the price increase of the share between October 31st and, uh, and uh, January 31st. And you're right, we're edged, but we hedge about it about 70% out of it. And uh, so about 1.7 is, is, is the part that was not hedged. And there's also a little bit of it coming from volume. We issued more, uh, you know, uh, recently. And, and also that last year we had some accounting stuff that maybe come for a, another 500,000. But you're right, we're edged, but uh, the stock has moved for uh, about close to $5 in the last quarter. So uh, you still have an impact for the part edge. Great. Okay. Thanks for the color. Appreciate it. Mesdames et messieurs, encore une fois, si vous avez des questions supplémentaires, veuillez s'il vous plaît appuyer sur les touches étoile 1. Si vous utilisez la main, fonction main libre, veuillez décrocher le récepteur avant de, d'appuyer sur les touches. Ladies and gentlemen, if there are any additional questions at this time, please press star followed by 1. As a reminder, if you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Your next question will come from the line of David Fagan of Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hi. A couple of questions. Um, maybe I'll just start with a clarification. Um, so when you talked about 150 basis point impact from the resin pricing, um, is that solely on the packaging EBITDA margin or is that the total company EBITDA margin? That's, that's packaging uh Okay, just so just on the packaging is about large. Yeah. Okay. More than one or two. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I, you know, Q1. I think it's usually when you raise the dividend annually, if you're going to raise it. So I guess 
there's no dividend increase uh, this year. Is that the correct way to interpret it? Yeah, that's right. We uh, uh, we will, we do that in Q1, and uh, we look at that once a year. And uh, uh, with the board, with, with you know what's going on with with COVID and, and the insecurity that it, it brings, and uh, into uh, into the economy in a sense, we we decided that or you know to be prudent and, and and not to move and also considering that we're already um you know distributing about 25 to 30 percent of our cash and, and our yield is about four percent we we decided that this year would be prudent based on the economic environment that we live in uh, not not to push the, the dividend don't okay. leave it where it is okay um, and then just on the packaging business, um, so when we, you know, including the, the negative variation on the resin price, do you, do you still expect packaging to grow in 2021? It just wasn't clear to me. You mean growing at the EBITDA level? That's what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, at the EBITDA level, yeah. Yeah, well, if you fact, uh, like, uh, if you factor out the the impact of the exchange, you know when you look at it in U.S. dollar, uh, we think uh, that we could uh, we could grow, but it remains to be seen because uh, you know there's there's been other increase uh, that that are been announced that are also substantial. So you know we keep uh, every month uh, having some negative impact from that lag and. Uh, you know, so far we have no indication that that is is going to go, uh, it's going to go down, and, and then we could recuperate uh, uh, some uh, money uh, throughout this fiscal year. We will eventually will, but is it going to be in this year? So uh, I would say, you know, uh, David, if if risen price would not in, would not increase from where it is right now, the answer would be yes. But if we keep having one or two or three more increases, then then uh, you know it's uh, it's big. Like in this quarter, is uh, is close to seven million dollar uh, that that we took a hit. So if, if we take a hit like that every every quarter, um, you know, then it might not be the case. But but if it, like it, so that's that's my uh, my word of caution. I cannot predict the the resin price movement. Obviously, when this thing is going to start to go the other way, then you'll see all that money coming back, but uh, this is what I can tell you. Okay. And on the last call, um, you signaled that you thought you'd be active on the acquisition front this year. Is, is that still your belief? Yeah, we we, uh, we are active in, in the three areas. Uh, I think we have opportunities in media and print and in packaging, and, uh, and uh, you know, we're, we're we're always looking, and for the last 45 years, I don't think there's any years uh, that DC didn't do an acquisition or a disposition. So we we we're, we're always uh, looking to grow. Acquisition is is actually the the biggest part of our growth ambition uh, and uh, and packaging. So for sure we uh, we are uh, we are in the market looking, but uh, at this point uh, we have nothing. Uh, Concrete to to announce, but but we uh, it's very much part of our uh, of our strategy, and uh, and uh, will be uh, uh, if the uh, occasion is is there and it's the right fit for us, we'll, we will be active. And and, 
And David, maybe to complete on Francois' answer for reason, I think it's important to add that we're already in the second quarter. And, and if you look at the market last year, we had an average of about 136 on FX and now 125. So that will have an impact for sure. And the second, the reason has a positive impact on the top line because it's a past true. So it's been increasing for the last six months. And this is why when we talk about organic growth, we exclude the impact of the risen prices. Uh, but as we see the market right now, it will have definitely an impact on the second quarter because it does. we see increases as we speak, important increases coming in the market. So it will have an impact growing the top line, but impacting negatively the EBITDA because of the pass-through mechanisms. Okay. And then do you still expect to uh, receive any canned emergency wage subsidy in Q2, or is it pretty much done? Well, the rules... Oh, sorry. Ahead, well, the rules, uh, if you look on the website, uh, the rules are, are not clear uh, post-March 14. So what we know about the rules for, uh, you know, for the second quarter up to mid-March is that we, we expect to receive maybe an average of a little bit less per month than what we had in the first quarter. Uh, but then it's unclear what will happen post-March because obviously without going in details, this program was to compensate loss of business, but then the comparable starting March 14 is what what started last year. So uh, we're not sure what's going to happen after. So as we as we speak right now, we don't know. But in Q2, from what we know, we have about a third of what we had in the first quarter that will come in. Okay. All right. Thank you. Your next question will come from Mark Neve of Deutsche Bank. Please go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, maybe just to follow up on the, on the resin, just uh, I guess I'm just curious, sort of what percentage of the business is contractually linked to a resin price or a pass-through, and sort of how much is free floats? Uh, I think we're around 70 to 75% that is under contractual pass-through, but it doesn't mean that we're not passing it through to the other people who don't have a contract. I mean, we are. So uh, we are we are uh, we are very diligent and 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 passing this to to everybody whether they have a a pass through contract or or they don't because those increase are have been uh, very um, has been a lot of them and they are important uh, so so um, it's it's important uh, that everybody uh, we're passing it to everybody, but but it's done automatically for 70 to 75 percent. Uh, the other folks we have to call them, and we are calling them. Well, not the 25 30 percent non-indexed. I mean, how yeah. receptive how how receptive are they to the? And I appreciate the dough prices are going up, but they've gone up quite a bit. I'm just curious how receptive they've been to pricing increases. Well, for, for sure, they are more appreciative when the resin is is going down, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but it is is a, it is a fact of business. I mean, we we cannot run product at a loss. Uh, so so you know, obviously, it's these are tough conversation. But I think it's widely known that that the resin price is going up, and then uh, with what happened in the south, with uh, with you know the the weather, the snow, and, and the freezing, and, and some of our supplier. Uh, have had some interruption of uh, of their operation uh created some even some uh, additional pressure in, in the markets and and I, I think our customers are well aware of that 
wouldn't say that they're happy, uh, but uh, it, it is uh, it is the market we're in right now. Okay. And what's the typical lag on um, the stuff that's next? Is it 30 or 90 days? I think a typical is a one month to three month. I think our average is probably two. Yeah, I would say, yeah, two to three months, it depends. But uh, the average of the seven is about close to three months. But as a management, we try to be proactive, and sometimes it might be shorter than that, obviously. But uh, the typical is three months. Okay. And is it more polyethylene or propylene? The, yeah. Is it more polyethylene or propylene? It, it is more polyethylene. It's more P. Yeah. Yeah, they're both they're that well let let me rephrase that. They're both going up uh at about the same rate, maybe uh a little bit even even a little bit more uh, polypropylene, but but TC biggest uh resin that we're purchasing is polyethylene. So what we have to deal with is polyethylene at TC. Okay. Um maybe just on the sustainability front, I'm just I guess I'm just curious for these sustainable innovations, these sustainable products, um, is this something that is sort of in the spec um, or is it something you're sort of bringing to the table and it's really a differentiator and that's helping you win business or is it, again, is it something that the customer's quote-unquote asking for? I I think we, uh, the customer are asking for their plastic packaging to be more sustainable uh, and that's their ask. And then we have to come up with, uh, with the ideas for them, uh, for them, is it compostable? Is it fully recycle ready, uh, recyclable uh, for in-store pickup, uh, or is it introducing 30, 50, 60 percent of PCR of, of, of post-consumer resin done with waste? So we have to come up with the idea. Uh, I think what I could tell you is that once you you have a success with part of their portfolio. It could be only 5% or 10% or even 2% of their portfolio. But what it does uh, for us or anybody else who could do that, it, it positions you very well with this customer that you're the partner of choice to help them convert their whole portfolio uh, to, to sustainable uh, plastic packaging. And, and then when, when that happens, you start to win business or they start to move business your way that are not necessarily at this point already, you know, recyclable uh, or, or, or PCR content, but, but you have a plan to move them there. So then they're starting to move the business that is traditional with the view uh, that you're going to convert them to uh, whatever innovation or vision uh, you share with them. And uh, it's not unique to TC. I think it's for everybody. I, I, and I think it's good for the industry that we're all doing this, uh, but uh, this is what, uh, when, I, when I say we're winning business because of our sustainable offering, it's not necessarily 100% because of a, the, the, the revenue of the sustainable product. It's for partnership that customers are, are, are doing with us because of where we're heading. Mm-hmm. And I think, was it last quarter that you referenced, I think, Contract with Coca-Cola for a water product. I'm just curious how that was going. Uh, it, it, it's going well. We have won a contract with a sparkling water brand of Coca-Cola, and we were the first to introduce uh, 
a PCR uh, shrink them for for these uh, for 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 those uh, for those beverages. Uh, it's been introduced in the market very successfully, uh, running into their facility very successfully, and uh, we are continuing to, to see uh, if we could expand uh, this uh, type of product to other uh, larger brand of Coca-Cola. And as a supplier, we're actually looking to push the PCR content to 50%, and uh, it looks like we're probably going to be successful doing this. So it, it is an area that evolved very, very fast. Uh, our job is to make the product evolve. Uh, obviously, it's for the customer to decide uh, when it's time for them to, uh, to use those products, but our job is to make them available to them, and that's what we're doing. Okay. And just within print, um, the 80, 85% of business that's come back. Um, so in the absence of any further reopening, would you sort of just expect a sort of flatline here until we come back? Yes. If, if what I said in my prepared remark is if, if the level of uh, restriction on the economy stays where they are right now and we don't, we don't get to more lockdown and more it's mainly around retail. If, if retail stays the way it is, we believe that, that Q, we could do about the same as last year in Q2, and we believe that we could do better in Q3 and Q4, both in terms of revenue and EBITDA for, for print. Now, if the economy is starting to reopen and we have an, an impact of the vaccine and then more people can go into the stores and then they, uh, you know, like the pandemic ease up and there's no third wave, uh, then it's, it's going to be better in, in revenue and EBITDA yeah. no matter what, unless we go back to complete, you know, lockdown or, or, or you know, halt of the economy. Uh, so, so, you know, at this point, we, we believe that we won't go back there. That's what we hope for us. But uh, if it stays like it is, we're going to do better. And if it's starting to to open up and the economy is, is starting to, you know, to recover a little bit, then we'll do a lot better in terms of uh, sales and EBITDA compared to last year. So, so no matter what, we'll do more. Factoring out the uh, subsidies from the government, we, we believe that we will do more uh, revenue uh, and Q2, Q3, and Q4 combined for print and more EBITDA. The question is just how much more. Okay. Thank you for taking my questions. Sound please have other questions, Mr. Lapointe. There are no further questions at this time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the call today, and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Mesdames et messieurs, ceci termine l'appel conférence pour aujourd'hui. Merci de votre participation. Vous pouvez maintenant raccrocher. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the conference call for today. Thank you for participating. Please disconnect your line. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.